Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. So good to be here this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 24. We're going to start in verse, uh, let's see, verse 13. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. I uh, am so grateful for the opportunity to be here. Megan and the girls send their love from Florida. They're not with me on this trip, but, uh, but I'm, I'm here, and uh, I just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to share what I believe the Lord has put on my heart, and I pray that we all go deeper in, relation, in relationship with Him. Uh, so if you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. So starting in verse 13, it says, And behold, on that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus which was 60 stadia from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him, and he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they came to a stop, looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you possibly the only one? living near Jerusalem, who does not know about the things that happened here in these days? And he said to them, what sort of things? And they said to him, those about Jesus the Nazarene, who proved to be a prophet mighty in deed and in word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, Beside all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. But also, some women among us left us bewildered when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came, saying that they have also seen a vision of angels who had said that he was alive. And so, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women also had said. But him they did not see. And then he said to them, You foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to come into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all of the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. I want to minister a message this morning called Unlocking the Word. Unlocking the Word. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, I just thank you for your presence in this place, God. I thank you. Uh, just as it, was, as it was said, this room is full because you have stepped into this place. And the whole earth is full of your glory. This room is full of your glory. I thank you for the opportunity for us to go deeper in your word and deeper in relationship with you. I pray that you would uh, bless this message with unction and utterance by your Holy Spirit, God. And I pray that you'd help us to burn brighter for you than ever before. Minister to hearts and minds in this place. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So this is right after the crucifixion. I mean, it's fresh because everybody in town is talking about it. And we now kind of see this scene open up where these two disciples, and it only names one of them, Cleopas, two disciples are walking down this road towards Jerusalem. Now, by modern-day translations, the distance that they were walking was about seven miles. Okay, So they're walking for seven miles, and they're discussing what in the world has just happened. Think about it. The disciples believed in a kingdom that was coming. And Jesus and John the Baptist declare the kingdom of God is already at hand. They missed the principle that it's, uh, there's a theological term called already not yet, right? So the kingdom of God was already here, but it's not yet fully established, okay? The, the work of the cross to defeat sin and death wasn't fully realized until Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. So they think, okay, the Messiah is coming. He's going to overthrow the Roman Empire who's oppressing us, and Israel is going to be redeemed, and then the leader who they believed that was going to change everything just got murdered. So all of his followers are, are now cowering and hiding because if they'll murder him, then they're going to come after the followers next. And these guys are walking, but now they're bewildered because there's rumors about that there's an empty tomb. That people have even gone to the tomb and he's not there. And all of a sudden, this man appears to them and says, hey, what are you guys talking about? And they're like, what are we talking What else is there to talk about? Are you the only one who doesn't know what's been going on the last three days? And so they, they kind of give him a backdrop, and, and Jesus just says, guys, how have you missed it? And as they walk on the road, he opens up the scriptures, starting with Moses. Where did Moses start writing? Genesis, right? First five books of the Bible written and authored by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but written by Moses. So starting in Genesis with Moses' writings, through the prophets, that means through the Old Testament, Jesus begins to unveil the scriptures describing him. And as they're walking down this seven-mile road, he's taking them into deeper revelation of who he is by way of the word. Now, the average person walks seven miles in about two and a half to three and a half hours. Depends on what kind of pace you're picking up and how many calories you want to burn, right? Can you imagine spending three hours walking with the Messiah, who they don't even recognize, and him teaching them about the Word when He is the Word, right? The Word is describing the Word that describes the Word. And they're having their minds blown on this journey as the Messiah is, He's reinforcing all the things you've heard, all the things you've read, all the things you've studied. They point to Christ, what a better person to explain it than the one who authored it. And so these men are walking with him and they're, I mean, imagine getting unrestricted time for the Lord himself to answer all your questions. They had at least three hours. I want to tell you, 
by way of the Holy Spirit, we have lifetimes for that. You know the Lord loves to sit with you and have you ask him questions? And if we're patient enough, sometimes he'll even answer those questions. And we have to be okay with the mystery of things, right? But the Lord wants nothing more than to reveal himself to you when you'll spend the time walking down the road with him. So they, they continue walking. Now, we're going to pick up the story in verse 28. It says, and they approached the village where they were going. So they made it to the end of their journey. And he acted as though he was going to go further. But they urged him, saying, stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, and I, I read this, and it rocked me over and over again to, to just read this one line. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us, oh Lord, that our hearts would burn at the reading of the scriptures again and again and again. And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen. He's appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. The last meal that Jesus shares with followers, is breaking of bread in the Passover before he becomes the Passover lamb and is nailed to a tree. And now we see the first mention of breaking of bread is he's breaking bread with these two men and he is revealed to them and he disappears. And they said, wait a minute. What have we just encountered? That seven-mile journey, weren't our hearts burning Bill Johnson says that when Jesus has the crowds following him and he says, okay, if you really want to follow me, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everybody turns around and walks away. And Jesus turns to the 12 and says, are you guys going to leave too? Bill Johnson says that Peter speaks up and says, where else would we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. And he said, I think what Peter was saying was, we don't understand everything you're saying, but we know that when you speak, our hearts burn. We come alive. And these guys are sitting there at their table and they're going, wait a minute. Weren't we burning in our hearts when he was revealing scripture to us? It's that kind of burning that causes you to wake up every morning with the expectation of, I get to spend more time with him. I get to come and see what he wants to reveal to me. And the beautiful thing, and I want to quote this, this quote was given regarding this passage. It says, when these two disciples urged Jesus to stay with them, then Jesus responded by giving them a way to stay in him. When the disciples urged Jesus to stay with them, Jesus responded by giving them a way to stay in him. Well, what was that? Well, they had a belief in a Messiah. And they began talking about it, and he shows up. So there is his presence. And in his presence, there is revelation. Because he begins to unlock who he is in the scriptures. And through revelation comes invitation. Where they say, 
Lord, don't leave. Stay with us. Stay with us. And because of invitation, it leads to what? Communion. What is communion? Yes, it's, it's elements. Yes, it's the bread. It's the wine. And yes, it's, but communion is actually relationship connection. It's our hearts with Christ's heart. We eat the bread. We drink the cup in remembrance of what he did. But communion is literally just relationship. So their belief brings presence. His presence brings revelation. The revelation leads them to invite him to stay. And that invitation brings about communion. If you will allow yourself to go deeper in the revelation of the word, it will invite you into encounter where you will walk in deeper communion with Christ. I think the reason why sometimes we fail to get excited about the scriptures is we fail to recognize that he is the scriptures. He's the word. And sometimes we think of, oh, this is a book and here's Jesus. Listen, he is the word. You cannot separate the two. Well, let's, let's look at what happens when we try to separate the two. Go with me to John chapter 5, verse 39. Now, this is a conversation between Jesus while he's alive and the Pharisees, the scholars, the scribes, the highly intelligent and educated, right, who think that they're better than everybody else because they know more of the scrolls than anybody else. This is Jesus having a conversation with them. And he says in verse 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But it is these that testify about who? About me, Jesus said. You are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I do not receive glory from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I've come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. The one who accuses you is Moses. In him you set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me, but if you do not believe his writings, then how will you believe my words? Jesus said, you're seeking the scriptures, but you're failing to realize that the scriptures are pointing to me. There's a dangerous thing when we try to think of the Bible as a book and we separate it from the presence of Jesus. Because you can search the book and not find the man, and that's a scary thing. Eric Gilmore says uh, that you can be wrapped in the ink of its pages and never touch the oil of his spirit. The words have to come off the page and become a living thing that's burning in your heart. They were seeking the scriptures to have head knowledge because they thought that they could reason their way into inheritance. And he said, you're failing to realize that what you're seeking for is me and I'm standing right here in front of you. You think I'm going to accuse you? How about your hero Moses, who wrote the Torah that you study? Your hero Moses is standing before your heavenly father going, they're not even believing the things I wrote, and what I wrote is standing in front of them in the flesh. Man, you know what's beautiful about the Bible? I love this quote. The Bible is the only book 
whose author demands to be present when it's read. The Bible is the only book whose author demands to be present when it's read. You know, when you open the scriptures, he comes and sits with you, and he becomes alive in your heart. It's not just a book. It is the Word of God. Don't get so deep in Scripture that you can't see Christ. Because that's where the Pharisees lived. When you go to the text to try to prove your opinions are more correct or your political affiliation is more accurate, you are missing the point. And that is the man Jesus Christ revealed in the Word. He alone has eternal life. Now, John the Beloved, right, the disciple who laid his head on Jesus' chest, he wrote the Gospel of John. And if you've ever seen the show The Chosen, which I highly recommend, there's a scene in The Chosen where they're discussing where to start in John's Gospel. And he says, well, you know, Matthew started with the genealogy, and Luke started with the birth of Christ, but I don't think that's far enough. And John says, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John said it's not, it's not enough to just go back to, to the genealogies, to talk about Ruth and Obed and Jesse and David and on down the line. It's not enough. It's not enough to talk about a manger and a stable. It's not a, we have to go back to from forever in eternity. There was a word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He goes on in chapter 1, verse 14, and he says, And that word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory as the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. But can I tell you that the, the John the Beloved also is known as John the Revelator, and he wrote the very last book of the Bible. It's called Revelation, and it's not the revelation of the end times. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. We need to not get that twisted. People are scared of the book of Revelation because they think it's going to predict doom and gloom. Revelation is here to reveal the man whose eyes burn like fire for you. And in this bookend where John 1, in the beginning, in Revelation 19, verse 13, John describes Jesus like this. He says he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called what? The Word of God. John starts it by saying he's the Word, and he ends it by saying he's called the Word of God. And what he wants to do is, through his Word, reveal himself to you to give invitation for you to walk in deeper communion with him. That is the point of the Scriptures. And it is when we recognize he lives in these pages that our hearts start to burn. Our hearts start to burn. Now, statistically, in America, Bible reading daily is around 10%. Around 10% of Bible-believing American Christians say that they read their Bible every day. You know what's crazy is that before the pandemic, it was 14%. We claimed that we didn't have time, that we were too busy that, oh, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and then I've got to go here, and I've got to go there. And then everything shut down. And Bible reading, which should have ramped way up, because for a while you couldn't even go to a restaurant. 
fell by the largest percentage that it's fallen in decades. Because instead of being locked up in your room with him, we were locked up on our phones scrolling. Well, I don't like this, and I don't like this, and I'm mad at this person, and they think this, and should we wear a mask, and should we do this, and should we do that? And instead of being locked up with him, we got locked up in social media, we got locked up in our fears, we got locked up in all the anxiety around us, and our Bible reading should have been off the charts, but it fell by 4%, and it's not recovered. That statistic is from this year, 10% in 2022. When we abandon our time in this word, we are ignoring the person of Jesus. That might sound harsh, but it's true. Listen, being a Christian isn't about just reading your daily devotional, checking the verse off the list, saying a five-minute prayer, listening to Caleb on your way to work, and saying, oh, I go to church on Sunday, so I'm good. You know that following Christ, preaching the gospel, even being persecuted, seeing signs, wonders, miracles, deliverance, seeing cities transformed, that wasn't considered radical, that was considered the norm. The book of Acts, that's what everybody was expected to do. And we've reduced our Christianity down to a one-second devotional that pops up as a reminder on our calendar. But we'll scroll Facebook for hours. And that's not a rebuke. I'm on Facebook. Look, I'm preaching to myself. But we'll scroll Facebook for hours. When's the last time we got so lost in the Word that we looked at the clock and said, my goodness, where has the time gone? I've gotten completely engrossed in this Word, and I'm moved in relationship closer to Him. Listen, If we ignore the word of God, we are literally ignoring the person of Jesus Christ. What's beautiful is he wants to draw closer to us. We talk about this word being a living word. I I was talking to somebody yesterday and this just came out of my mouth. I said, I think the reason why the verses, that like you can read a verse your whole life and then you read it one day and it's totally different to you. It's the same way that my daughter, my oldest daughter, is named Madeline. And I can cuddle up next to her and we can be watching a TV show and I'll say, oh, Madeline, I love you. And there's times where she'll do something silly and I'll go, Madeline, what are you thinking, right? And there's times, even though the grandparents would deny it, that sometimes Madeline gets in trouble and then you have to use all the syllables of her name. Madeline. And if, if you're mom and you're real mad, it's Madeline Elizabeth, like the whole name, right? It's the same word. But the change of my tone is what brings the context. And sometimes when we read verses and then we go back and we read them again and they speak to us in a different way, it's because in relationship, he's just changed his tone. And sometimes a verse that brought me comfort can also bring me correction because I need that. Because the scripture is good for correction and reproof. It's good for those things. But listen, if you're not listening to the tone of his voice, you'll just read it as text on a page. You've got to listen to the tone of his voice because it will change because he's a living person and his word is alive. It's alive and it has to burn within us. We want to prophesy for God, but we don't know what he's already proclaimed. As ministers, we want to find sermons in the text, but when's the last time that the text moved us to tears? We need him, and we need to invite him into deeper communion with us by unlocking the word. 
Because the word is a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. I want to real quick, uh, I just want to play this quick video clip. And uh, this is an excerpt from a sermon by uh, the great Oral Roberts. And he preached a sermon called, Who is the Fourth Man? And I think it's just so beautiful how he wraps it up and what we're talking about. So, Steve, if that's ready, I just want to play this quick, real quick clip. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Why did Jesus start with Moses on the road to Emmaus? Because from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it unveils who he is. The Word made flesh, our soon coming King, and as Revelation calls him, the one whose vesture is dipped in blood with a name that is the Word of God. I pray that this week we would be moved into deeper communion with him as he unlocks himself through the Word. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. I pray that our hearts would burn yet again for more of you. Reveal yourself locked up in the scriptures as we desire to spend time with you, Lord. I pray that we would walk in deeper intimacy with you as we come to know you as our, our faithful friend, one who we can trust, our bridegroom, our soon coming king, as every part of the plan of God was unveiled from Genesis to Revelation, you're in the midst of it. I thank you that you are the word and you are my savior and my king of kings and lord of lords. God, I pray that you be with this people this week and help them to burn, to be in your word like never before. And God, what, what comes from it is deeper communion with you. Thank you. Thank you for giving us these examples so that we can see you in all things. I pray that you protect these people, be with them in their coming and going, and help them to have a great week. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We're going to start Sunday school. Uh, stick around for that. But thank you guys so much for coming this morning. Thank you for listening today to The Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.